Hello there. My name is Father John Harrison. I'm a Rector Superior of St. John Newman Residence at Stella Maris in Timonium, Maryland. To the Apostle Thomas, whose feast we celebrate today, the cross was only what he had expected. When Jesus had proposed going to Bethany after the news of Lazarus' illness had come, Thomas' reaction had been, let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas never lacked courage, but he was the natural pessimist. There can never be any doubt that he loved Jesus. He loved him enough to be willing to go to Jerusalem and die with him when the other apostles were hesitant and afraid. What he had expected had happened, and when it came, for all that he had expected it, he was heartbroken. So broken-hearted that he could not meet the eyes of men, but had to be alone with his grief. King George V used to say that one of his rules of life was, If I have to suffer, let me be like a well-bred animal. Let me go and suffer alone. Thomas had to face his suffering and his sorrow alone. So it happened that when Jesus came back again, Thomas was not there, and the news that he had come back seemed to him far too good to be true, and he refused to believe it. Belligerent in his pessimism, he said that he would never believe that Jesus had risen from the dead until he had seen and handled the print of the nails in his hands and thrust his hand into the wound the spear had made in Jesus' side. There was no mention of any wound print in Jesus' feet because in crucifixion the feet were usually not nailed but only loosely bound to the cross. Another week elapsed, and Jesus came back again, and this time Thomas was there. And Jesus knew Thomas' heart. He repeated Thomas' own word and invited him to make the test that he had demanded. And Thomas' heart ran out in love and devotion, and all he could say was, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, you needed the eyes of sight to make you believe. But the days will come when men will see with the, with the eye of faith and believe. The character of Thomas stands out clear before us. He made one mistake. He withdrew from the Christian fellowship. He sought loneliness rather than togetherness. And because he was not there and his fellow Christians, he missed the f first coming of Jesus. We miss a great deal when we separate ourselves from the Christian fellowship and try to be alone. Things can happen to us within the fellowship of Christ's church, which will not happen when we are alone. When sorrow comes and sadness envelops us, we often tend to shut ourselves up and refuse to meet people. That is the very time when, in spite of our sorrow, we should seek the fellowship of Christ's people for it is there that we are likeliest of all to meet him face to face. But Thomas had two great virtues. He absolutely refused to say that he understood what he did not understand, and that he believed what he did not believe. There is an uncompromising honesty about him. He would never still his doubts by pretending that they did not exist. He was not the kind of man who would rattle off a creed without understanding 
that it was all what it was all about. Thomas had to be sure, and he was quite right. There is more intimate faith, ultimate faith, in the man who insists on being sure in the man who glibly repeats things that he never thought out, and which he may really never believe. It is doubt like that which in the end arrives at certainty. Thomas' other great virtue was that he, when he was sure he went the whole way, my Lord and my God, said he. There is no halfway house about Thomas. He was not airing his doubts just for the sake of mental acrobatics. He doubted in order to become sure, and when he did, his surrender to certainty was complete. And when a man fights his way through his doubts to the conviction that Jesus Christ is Lord, he has attained to a certainty that the man who unthinkingly accepts things can never reach. This is our thought for today's feast, St. Thomas the Apostle. May God bless you and have a great day.